We added Dave from Birmingham to a giant flaming bin. But he escaped before he died and started listening. We plugged our microphones into the internet. And said loads of really dumb shit we regret. Our name is Two Star Podcast and we're woke. We want you to enjoy this but you won't. Well, I had to do a bit of a handover stuff. Um, and, you know, I was so they, they had this brilliant idea of let's get somebody in on the last day <laughs> for you to try and train them on the entire infrastructure in like two hours. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. Let's see what I can do here. Um, popped out to go and get some donuts, brought them back in the office, you know, because we were... Me and another guy that, well, technically he's leaving tomorrow because he works Fridays, but mm. um, he didn't, you know, think there was any point in just like doing it all twice. So we just went and got donuts, came back. Here you go, enjoy these. Um, and that was it. Like, nice. handed in all my kit. Uh, realized that my uh, rucksack was actually the laptop bag that they'd provided to me. So I had to give it to them and then realized that I had like, oh, a load of stuff that I've got to carry back to the car <laughs> somehow. So I had to scrounge a plastic bag from somebody to put all my stuff in um, and now I am free I have submitted my final timesheet cool I was there for five and a half years yeah you've been there a while which is like ridi- I didn't believe like, I didn't think it was that long I had to actually look it up mm. but that is it's the longest I've been anywhere which is weird oddly as a sort of veteran permanent contract person I don't think I've ever been I've been anywhere for five years no this is the thing. Like the longest I've been anywhere before was the NHS, uh, Wolverhampton, mm. and technically that was so. That was one. I was I was um, contract. Then I went permanent with the PCT, but then the PCT ceased to exist because they reorganised everything, and I was then working for the hospital. So technically, it was the same people, but it wasn't the same legal entity. Mm. Um, and that was only three and a half years. Mm. Um, yes. So I. I I've technically been worked for two separate legal entities while I've been working here, mm. um, or there, I guess now. Um, but it is a it's a weird thing to have gone for that long. I needed to move on anyway, but it mm. was a good it was a good kick to get me out the door because otherwise I could have been there for however long. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. I have um, some slightly exciting news. Okay. I'll be in Cats on Saturday. All right. Or hopefully Saturday. My sort of adoption suitability visit. I've just spent a shitload of money on Amazon for various cat apparatus. When you say apparatus, do you mean like uh, at school? Do I mean what? Like at school in the gym? No. Well, yes, actually. Um, like, does it does it like fold out from the wall and there's like ropes and bars and climbing things and stuff? Well, it's basically like a little tunnel and then. One of those little house things that, um, you know, the cat trees that sort of like fixed school gym equipment, but not. Okay. Um, but so how, how many cats are you getting? Probably two. Probably well, two. Well, and they basically recommend because they won't be able to go outside because obviously front door facing sort of main. Um, Having to keep each other company. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I'm always kind of a bit sort of because we we took the same approach, but also like 
cats don't give a shit. <laughs> like, yeah. They, they don't seem to really care about that. Well, so, so hence this is probably. So, um, you know, if it turns out that there is one extremely chill cat there that doesn't want other cats around and is happy indoors, then I might get one. Um, but more probably they ha- they get, uh, because apparently London is full of uh, crazy cat people, uh, they've got a fair few sort of big families of cats and getting two sort of siblings uh, less stressful for all concerned. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. We could be some time waiting for Chris. Um, yeah, I'm assuming he's going to make like a sandwich first and um, possibly pour himself a drink, dry himself off thoroughly, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he's a bit, a bit unpredictable. Not very reliable. Uh, I mean, at least Graham has an excuse of like just saying he's yeah. not coming because he's working. Whereas Chris like says he's coming and then doesn't, which is just appalling behaviour again. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. I mean, we've technically started without him at this point. Yeah, I, I did suddenly notice that you had actually pressed record. Well, I uh, thought otherwise we, you know, we do what we always do, which is we sit here talking for twenty minutes while we wait for Chris to show up, and then yeah. it's like, "Sorry, Chris, we basically talked and discussed everything we were going to while you weren't here." Yeah. Um, and then you know, now we've got nothing to talk about. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. I have literally spent this week being ill. So. Um, yeah. Well, last week, has. last week Charlotte was ill all week, and I had kind of bits of it, I was feeling a bit shit and then um, I have been okay mostly this week so but it's Charlotte's uh, Charlotte's birthday Monday so it's her, we got a birthday party Saturday, which is going to be arduous mm-hmm. it's like eight, uh, 17 children in a soft play that is awful like two hours. of children. Yeah. Just like running around and screaming and shouting. and I mean, going to soft play... I mean, to be fair, it's not going to be that different. It's just when you go to soft play with a child anyway. That's true. Um, it's just that there will be some element of me having to do something rather than just sit there and wait for Charlotte to yeah. run around. Um, I've got to, you know, be a... a like meet parents and things and say like hello I'm I'm Charlotte's dad I have no idea who you are or who your child is but I assume Charlotte knows them somehow mm. hi um, but it's not like we've booked the whole place out or anything because that's really expensive so there will be other people there yeah because um, yeah I'm not not booking out an entire soft play just for like 20 kids. No, that would be It's like 400 quid or something to book it out entirely. It's never ending surprising expense, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I mean, they are very, very expensive. And, you know, I get it. I knew children were going to be expensive. I just didn't really appreciate how expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just everything. Yeah just constant like oh and then there's this and there's this like last week because it was half term which you know wasn't a thing I ever had to care about before but is now a half term Mm. um, I had to um, 
Oh. I had to um, pay for a uh, holiday club for nursery so that she yeah. was in there. Of course, she was fucking sick all week, wasn't she? <laughs> so she was in on Monday, mm. and then she was ill the rest of the week. So I basically spent 100 quid for her to stay at home and be sick. Yeah, that's up. Because you have to pay in advance, obviously, like obviously. whether whether or not they actually attend. Um, oh, my, my oh, God. Hello. Hello. Um, when when, you, call when you said 8 o'clock... Um, well, I didn't say 8 o'clock. You suggested it. And, I, and you um, said okay. Yeah, well, I thought that you wouldn't be on time because... Um, when have we ever not been on time? Lots of times. No... Well, Graham mostly, to be fair, isn't it? Yeah, but he's not here today. No, I didn't factor that in. He had a legitimate excuse. I just thought it's very unlikely to start on time, and my bath was lovely. I mean, okay. But uh, don't do it again. Mm. Do you like my folio sounds? I'm in the kitchen. What are you doing in the kitchen? I'm getting a lolly. Lovely. Not, I mean, not classic lolly weather, but... Um, no, no. It's every any time is lolly time. Mm. Anyway, I'm here now. Good. What were you talking about? Uh, Children and sickness, and uh, me having finished my job. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yes, brilliant. I want to talk about you not having a job. Okay. Um, how long have you not had a job for? Uh, nearly six hours. Oh, okay. Very you looked up quite early then. Uh, finish at three. Right. It's a normal a normal time of finish. Oh, really? Or have been finishing because um, they 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 only have core hours of nine till three. As long as you're working those hours, you can put your hours in anywhere else you want. Right. So, so how long had you worked there? Five and a half years. Wow! Did they give you a leaving present? Uh, I got a card. A card. Ooh. Did well, no bear present. In mind, well, no, I'm a contractor. Like I don't expect anything as a mm-hmm. leaving thing. You've been um, there for five and a half years. I would expect, um, I'd expect a present. I wouldn't necessarily expect well, it to be very maybe. good. Well, I was, I wasn't expecting anything, so I wasn't that annoyed when I didn't get anything. Um, and you know, it's not like if I, if I, if I was permanent. Bear, you have to bear in mind, though, as well, it's the kind of place where people have been there for forty years. So, oh, you're you know, Johnny come lately. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. one of the guys who retired before Christmas had been there for like forty-seven years. Did he get a present? Yes. What did he get? Well, he got, he got cash. How much cash? Uh, I don't know. I didn't count it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, um, it, it felt like it probably would have been inappropriate as the card was being passed around to empty out the envelope and go through it. Yeah. And they just they they didn't even bother like putting it through a coin machine. <laughs> Neaten it up. It was just a big, big bag of notes. Uh, no, I think they did. I think the the girls that were organising it sorted all that out. So, do you think they skimmed anything off the top? Uh, I think it's unlikely. It's not really. That's not the sort of thing they would do. You say that. I mean, maybe, maybe there was a couple of hundred quid coming your way. And they just signed I mean, it off. That that is entirely possible. Um, so, but I mean, I don't know how that. I don't know how that gets classified as I guess it's just a gift, isn't it? So it's not taxable as long as as long as the entire department stays alive for the next seven years, it's not yeah. taxable. Um what was the best thing that anyone wrote on your card? Uh I haven't actually read through all of them. I just kind of <laughs> glanced at it when I was uh yeah, not sure that I mean they're all the same uh, 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 one person is written upside down. No, he's <laughs> wacky. 
I bet he's the the wacky one. Uh, or really, really lazy and just pulled the card out the wrong way. And uh, lots of people who haven't signed their name, so I don't know who they are. That's smart. When I'm writing a card, I, I like to get in in a corner and I like to write a, an angle. Yeah, a couple of people have done that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you write in a card? What's your standard? Oh, it's just like, it, well, it depends what it is. If it's somebody leaving, like, kind of thing, then it's, you know, all the best or best of luck or some generic thing. Because most of the time I don't really have any, like, close relationship to the person. They're just mm. someone who has worked in the same department as me, which is why the card's being passed around. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't tend to form close relationships with the people that I work with because I don't tend to work places very long. Typically, this has been like a real aberration in terms, like most, with the exception of this place, most of my contracts have been like three to nine months. Mm. So this is like a massive outlier in that regard. Maybe you're just not very likable. I mean, I've I've been with where I am for three and a half months. I think they'll get me something nice when I leave, unless I leave because I've destroyed something important. <laughs> I mean, that seems likely. I mean, like if if I leave on good terms, I would hope for a bottle of wine. Mm. Yeah, a bottle of wine is nice. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, as a contractor, you know. I don't really expect that as a thing. So, not fast. Mm. Okay. Um, as if, if I'd been permy, then yeah, I'd have felt a bit hard done by if they hadn't given me anything. Do you think um, presence when you leave is kind of part of the the benefits, the extra benefits package? Like having a pension and sick pay? Yeah, I think so. Like, mm. you know, again, like it's as a, as a contract, you just kind of expect that you're not going to get any of that shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you factor it in. What what now for Adam? Uh, I have a month off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, assuming like, that, or? Uh, no choice. Um, and then assuming that um, all the borders aren't closed by that point, I'm going to visit my dad in Cyprus for a week. Cool. Um, and then I'll be looking for a job. Once we have passed the 6th of April and there is even the slightest amount of clarity as to what the fuck HMRC are playing at. I mean, you could be waiting a very long time for that. Yes. Um, So, there's no point looking for a job before that because anything that happens in the next month could just be completely different after Mm -hmm. April. So... Mm. It is largely meaningless to find a job because... Like, as I said, I could get a job and then, like, in a month's time, they'll just turn around and go, actually, no, he's completely changed everything. And, ugh. Yeah. Oh, well. What are you going to do in your month off? Uh, not much. Um, you could... I'm going to try and catch up on some TV. Um, I hope you to appreciate that I could be watching Alter Carbon Season 2 right now. Um, but I'm uh, I was watching Alter Carbon Season 2 until 5 to 8. Yeah, um, so I hope you appreciate that I'm taking this time out to to talk to you rather than doing that. Do. Um, but I'm going to try and catch up on my TV backlog because it is horrendous. Oh, makes sense. Okay. Anything more um, midlife crisisy than that? No. You could buy a. Um, you could buy a car. You've got a car. You could um, buy a boat. That would be useful in these kind of conditions. Uh, I mean, I guess I could start smuggling. Yeah. 
I do think that is going to be the lucrative growth industry of 2021. So, you know, you should probably start learning to drive boats. Does one drive a boat? I think one drives a boat. Um, I, boat yeah, I, I think that's fair. Fair drive a boat. Yeah. Uh, you can helm a boat. That's true. You can steer a boat. I think driving is fine. Yeah. yeah. Sail, you sail a boat. That's well, it's not, a not a boat, boat that doesn't have sails. I think they might say sail a boat even without sails. I'm not convinced. Whether they should or not is something it just seems misleading to comment on. Would you like to know my uh, work-related um, stuff? Certainly. It's pensions. Graham didn't want to talk about pensions. What about pensions? Well, I've got good news. Okay. I've worked out. Um, I've worked out my pension. I'm in control. Okay. All I need to do is save an additional £12,000 every year from the age of about 25, and I can have a bloody brilliant um, retirement. So that's good news, isn't it? To work that out at 37. Yeah. I mean, loath as I am to defend you on this, I don't think it would have been any better if you'd worked it out... When you were 25. Well, I wouldn't have been able to do it, I suppose. Exactly. I could have done a bit more. But actually, um, I had a very little income for a very long period of time, because I was a dosser. You were an eternal student for a long time. Yeah. Anyway, that's fine. I don't need to worry about it. So, um, presumably that just means you're going to take up begging or prostitution come your old age? Well, if I take up begging and prostitution now and invest it wisely, then I'll have to do less begging and prostitution when I'm uh, of senior years. That makes sense. And again, you don't want to be going for the niche market. You know, you are comparatively young and... Oh, that's very kind of you to say so, Daniel. I I do feel if I'd realised this at 25, that might be... Obviously, yes. I mean, you're... I'd have already been past my peak prostitution days, didn't I? At I, I do. I do. Well, not necessarily. I do feel like this would be an ideal moment to segue into our other piece of prostitution-related news. Yes. Um, I don't know. Yeah. If, did, have you seen this, Chris? Um, I have. Linked. I'd like Daniel to explain it in full, as though he's read the article. You think I've read the article? No, of course I've read the article. Um, yes. So, um, obviously, with this coronavirus that's going to kill everyone. Um, the chief way of managing it appears to be staying very still and not doing anything. Um, and that can be quite a shock if you're caught somewhere that you um, weren't expecting to be or didn't want to be for very long or what have you, as you've seen from all those people who got trapped on cruise ships and stuff. Um, and there's recently come news from Valencia where a, um, a bunch of English tourists have been stricken with coronavirus uh, whilst in a brothel. And they, they now have to... Um, uh, what's the self-isolate themselves in a brothel for two weeks? <laughs> I, I think the um, um, in a brothel. I, I think you're trying to do the opposite of self-isolating, aren't you? <laughs> really? Well, exactly. Think how frustrating that must be. You really. Hang on, hang on. So I, I have one major question here, right? Because well, the the coronavirus has like a two-week incubation period, which is why everyone's being told to basically, you know quarantine yep. themselves for two weeks after coming back from a, a, a risk area. Yep. So that presumably means that at least some of them had been there for a couple of weeks 
No, no, it just means they start being started being symptomatic. Oh, okay. And then they just locked the whole place down and went, yeah. sorry, lads, you've got to stay here. Yeah, because let's face it, if you're going to get infected anyway, you're going to get infected in the brothel. Well, I mean, there's a lot of close contact. Would you mm. prefer... You know, heavy yeah. breathing. Would you... Do you think it would be Would I prefer better, what? Do you think it would be better to get quarantined having just arrived at the brothel pre-utilising the brothel's facilities or... Um, towards the end of your planned short visit, uh, post um, enjoying the, I mean, the facilities. Yeah, yeah, difficult to say. I think there would be advantages to it being like just as you'd arrived because you know you, you haven't really started yet. But obviously the concern is that it's like okay, well if I if I interact with anyone here, I know that I'm increasing my chance of getting uh, coronavirus myself. Uh, whereas if it's towards the end of your stay, you could just kind of lock yourself in a room and go like, well, I might already be infected, but it could be that I'm fine now as long as I don't interact with any of these other people. Um, mm. Also, you probably, if, it depends how long you, you know, if you if your plan was originally only to be there for a couple of days, that's fine. Uh, I can't imagine many people <laughs> were planning long, to stay there for a week. Hang on. Okay. Yeah, like your 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 well, expected okay, time so, in a brothel is is impressive. Well, I feel like it has to be because otherwise it's just remarkably unfortunate if they That's somehow so identified the coronavirus carriers and were like, "We've got to lock down this brothel," and there were lots of people there, and it's like you, like that <laughs> feels like been here ten minutes. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like the kind of thing where somebody had like people had to have been there for a couple of days. I'm thinking more like the sort of. Um, like the the sort of ranch brothels they have in place like Nevada, where it's like a sort of hotel and sexy time. Because oh, okay. you're like in the middle of nowhere, and so well, the middle of Nevada. Um, and so it's know, like, well, you know a lot about these brothels, don't you, Adam? A suspicious uh, amount. I have a feeling it might even have been a Louis Theroux thing. The the Las Vegas brothels. I mean, that I'm fairly certain that the brothels yeah. in Las Vegas are different from the brothels in Valencia. It's a thing that sticks in my head from like a long time ago. I remember seeing some TV show about like the Las Vegas like brothels and how they operated and stuff. Hang mm. on, Dan. How do you know that they're different? You can only know they're different ex- if you've got experience of both. Well, at least one and and watching a Louis Theroux thing about Las Vegas brothels. I just said I expect, not that they are. Okay. Expect based on your visit to Madrid? Valencia. I oh, say so you've been to Valencia, you admit it now. I have. You're changing your story. A minute ago, you, you didn't know. No, I've been to Valencia. I haven't been to any brothels in Valencia. Because you wanted to go to a ranch-style one and, and they didn't have them? No. And you thought, oh, I wish I'd gone to Nevada like I originally planned. No, Chris. Um, but yes, um... No, it all sounds very upsetting because presumably self isolation requires not having sexy times, um, and so you're in a brothel, and everyone knows that you're in a brothel, which bad, and you can't do it. So I don't really think it makes much difference as whether it's sort of. I, mean, I presume you'd want to be there afterwards, because otherwise you'd spend two weeks in a brothel and not have sex, which would be. You might as well have stayed at home. Yeah. Isolated at home. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Speaking of um, sexy times, um, Mm -hmm. would you would you like to share anything with us, Daniel? You've been very busy. You've been unavailable. To be honest, been places doing things. Mm. 
pub yeah. quizzes. Yep. Was was the pub quiz a date? Nope. Wow. That's a shame because you you won using your your brain. I did. Actually, in all honesty, I won because some of the people I was with were experts on Disney songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not going to mm. tell us anything else? Nope. Okay. Have you been on dates? Have you been on another date? Conceptually. Conceptually? Yes. Um, I feel like that's, that's not really a sense in which you can go on a date. And conceptually go on a date? I mean, you can't really... Disagree. Um, I mean, that's like saying you can theoretically go on a date. You can theoretically go on a date. Well, yes, yeah, but that's that, not that's not actually, in any real sense, going on a date. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get very far with this witness. No. No. Uh, permission to treat the witness as hostile? Y- yes. Okay. I-, I don't know what I do after that. <laughs> You're allowed to ask. So it's only ever used to throw away joke in in TV shows. I have no yes. idea what you do as a consequence of someone saying yes. Uh, I think you like, like tie, tie them down and beat them with a stick it. until they answer your questions. I think you just ask them yes/no questions like a weird parlor game. Yeah. Well, Dan, Dan would know. He's a lawyer. Dan would know. Hypothetically, conceptually. Well, no. You, you, I mean, you. Well, I mean, you're not, not an actual lawyer, obviously. I technically am. Um, I'm still entitled to call myself a barrister. Wow. Are you technically entitled to wear um, any fancy clothes? Everyone's technically entitled to wear fancy clothes. That's a fair point. <laughs> no, but like you, you could Did be you... in trouble for impersonating a police officer if you walk around pretending to be a barrister. Well, no, because I'd be impersonating a barrister, not a police officer. Well, you wouldn't be impersonating a barrister if you are a barrister. Well, he's not a barrister. Well, I am a barrister. He is a barrister. I mean, keep up. Did you pass the bar? Yes. Okay. Then, yeah, I guess he can technically practice law. No, I can't practice, but I'm allowed to call myself a barrister, and I am a barrister. Has um, Has your qualification lapsed in some way? Yes. Okay. But I'm still well, but is, it like, is it like being president? Like, once you're president, you're always referred to as, as president? Basically, yes. Are there any good clubs that you can get into because you're a barrister? No. No. Oh. I mean, I'm sure there are. I mean, if there are, no one's told me about. Probably because they didn't want me in them. So. But you can, make, you can make fancy coffee, can't you? Can't you, Dan? What? You can make fancy okay. coffee. Oh, right. I mean, yes, I can, but... Um, actually, no, law school was quite helpful in learning how to do that. Who was helpful? Will Nautico. Law school. <laughs> where did, who, who is that and where did you get that from? Dan was doing his, his deliberate rumpole of the Bailey um, slurring. Yeah, but who is, who, who is this person? Something Dan said... <laughs> But he didn't. No, I think you're on your own here, Chris. It's your imaginary friends again. Mm. Do you want to know about my car? Oh, Oh, yeah, how how fucked is it? Uh, It's getting fixed tomorrow. That doesn't really answer the question. (laughs) 
Um, the garage said that it was worth fixing rather than getting a new <laughs> okay. that's, the, that's the threshold. I mean, like, the cost of the repairs are less than the value of the car. Just. Um, he seemed reasonably confident that it was it was worthwhile doing. Which was I nice. like the qualifier reasonably there. I, I feel like of, that's carrying a lot of, of weight in this. I'm getting closer to the point where my mechanic's going to have to sit me down and have a special talk with me to say it's had a good run, but now it is time. It sounds like one of the guys at work who um, had written his current car off twice. Oh, he knows um, and in both cases, he subsequently bought the car, like basically paid the money to the insurance company to like release the car um, and then took it to get it repaired and then carried on driving it. Nice. Mm. Because, I mean, to be fair, you have to bear in mind these days that insurance write-off is such a low bar that, Mm. like, they do over pretty much anything. So it wasn't like the car had been just totaled, but it just suffered enough damage that it was, like, it was, it's an old car, it's like a 12-year-old Audi. Um, Mm. And it had obviously suffered sufficient damage that it's like, this is not economically viable to repair. And he went... (laughs) I think that uh, sounds like a challenge to me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's just, like, refusing to get rid of this thing. <laughs> I, I think sometimes when they are planning the cost of repairs and the cost of parts, they're not willing to use any creativity. So yeah. thinking about Ruddy William, um, he had a... Uh, the best guy he's ever had was the Starlet. Do you remember that? I do not, but it was called it sounds Starlet. like him. Well, it had a yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. That was it was it, it, was, uh, it was Toyota, isn't it? Yeah, Toyota Starlet, yeah. And and it mm. had this um, curved rear windscreen. Mm. And one New Year's Eve, someone that was drunk, kind of, I don't remember what they did. They put a brick through it, or Chris, was it you? It, it wasn't me. Um, but the insurance company just wanted to write it off because they said, "Oh, well, we can't find a piece of glass like this," mm. and it needed what it needed to be done was to go round to scrapyards and find mm. a second-hand one. And actually, yeah. it wasn't that difficult to fix. It was just a bit time-consuming to source the part. Yeah. So that might be the situation that your your um, careless Audi driver found himself in. Yeah, I don't think it is. I think it was probably the, the value of the car was just so low that... You suddenly gone super quiet, Adam. Mm. Sorry, I... Um... I, I put my mic up so I could eat a cake without making oh, okay. horrible munching noises into the microphone. I thought uh, maybe you were um, sort of floating away. I mean, mentally, yes, but yeah. not physically. Yeah, no, my, my car um, it, it uh, is the clutch. It can be fixed. It's 400 quid, and uh, that's fine. It's less yeah. than a car would cost, isn't it? That bit of the car is less than a whole car. Yeah. So yes. I mean, it might be, not be less than it might be less than the the value of your car. Well, I because I thought I might have to buy a new car. I've actually been looking at old two hundred sixes on the internet, and mm. um, uh, no, they they cost more than that. Mm. Wow! Some How much them. more? <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> um, it depends. I mean, I'm th- I was thinking, you know, now I'm uh, now I'm a. A high-powered um, young professional, I might get a 1.4. Yeah, 
16 year old 206 <laughs> um, that's uh are you sure you can handle that kind of power well i'm not really sure i reckon because i mean I'm if the car if, especially if you get one that's like you know 12 years old uh i mean it could have double digits of horsepower yeah. <laughs> oh i mean it de- it depends what condition they're in mm. um there's a nice 1.4 litre 206 from 2006. Imagine that, a 206 from 2006. Um, just been MOT'd for £995. It's a lot of money. Mm. Yeah. Okay, this one is more affordable. Um I do like not having to run a car. It is nice. So this one is a 206 1.4 from 2004. It's three door, but then there's some words that I think might mean it's broken. It says KMF braking headlight seat boot wing for sale. Okay. So I don't know if that means that that bit is broken on the car or if that's the only bit they're selling. But then they're showing pictures of the whole car. So, mystery. Hmm. That's in Whitstable, and it's blue. So those are good reasons to buy. A oh, car, I was just they? I was just looking at information about Whitstable. Oh, the paint code is KMF. Apparently, right. apparently paints have codes now. It runs and drives. So there you are. So that seems know. fine. Mm. Yeah. Um, don't understand. What don't you understand? All parts available and can be sent by post or collected. I think that's just parts. Send us a email of what you require and we can list the item with pictures for purchase. But this is the the whole car you're buying. Well, maybe, well, maybe they're not. not. No, no, perhaps they've got... They've got 6,000 miles. Why on earth perhaps are they... Perhaps they have a full car, they're just only selling it in parts. Oh, like those... To maximise the value. Uh, those really scammy um, magazines, where the first yeah, where is like, only a pound, and you get... Yeah, and then after that, it's like a tenner, and <laughs> yeah. you have to collect like a thousand parts. That, to, maybe that's um, how I should get my next car. Um, yeah, to send away. So each week, they would post me another piece of my 206, and yeah. I could slowly put it together on my driveway. It slowly builds into a fabulous... <laughs> Knackered old 206. Yeah. Huh. Well, no, you see, because if it was truly like one of those uh, old magazine things, then about halfway through, they just stopped the magazine. <laughs> you never get the remaining parts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you seen we're going to have um, 50,000 new uh, customs officers? Are we? Yeah. Well, I presume that's 50,000 new customs offices in the same way we're going to get 50,000 new nurses. Well, it's unclear, but Michael Gove has apparently promised that they're going to hire and train 50,000 new customs officers in the next few months. Does so that mean that, that you don't need a lot of training to be a customs officer? Uh, well, so I had a look because I was curious about this. So apparently the typical required qualifications are five GCSEs and two A-levels. Okay. Um, but you can enter with lesser qualifications if you pass a bunch of tests basically to show that you're capable of doing the job. Oh, I thought um, if you've got experience of 
being no, racist. No, well, it wasn't. I mean, that's a possibility, but it wasn't clear um, exactly how. I'm just curious as to where they're going to find these 50,000 people. Mm. Like, irrespective of the logistics of hiring and training uh, customs officers in a few months. Do you know, I um, I reckon there you would be onto something if they were to recruit from the EU before the end of the transition period. Just get a load of, get a load of foreign <laughs> staff to come over here and be customs officers. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you see, the problem is, I mean, technically... Actually, that's a good point. What does a customs officer pay? Uh, customs officer UK pay. So, oh, actually, it pays pretty well, 40k. So... That's not bad. Um, oh, oh. Uh, sorry. The Another one says 25k. So that's quite a big difference. Yeah. It's like 15k difference, and the latter is underneath the... Um, Oh, here we go. Border Force. Explore careers. Uh, Border Force officer. Average start salary, 23,000. So, yeah, they'd be underneath the threshold, so they wouldn't be able to come in. Yeah. Uh, So, if you want to do it as an apprenticeship, you can do it easily. Um, But if you want to do it, like, start as a proper job person, you need five GCSEs um, and, yeah, two A-levels. Oh, sorry, no, you could be an assistant officer first, and you don't need the A-levels. Yeah. Um, but it does look like uh, you. So the the pay scale is twenty three to thirty one thousand, twenty three k for a starter. So yeah, you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't be eligible as a yeah. EU national anymore to, uh, in the, on the new points based system to come here and be a border force officer because. So, although I guess actually, if it was a, if it was one of those, if they put it onto the like high demand, in demand jobs, then that would probably qualify you. Yeah. So um, I. I entertainingly checked out the shortage list, and um, I don't qualify. No. No, you won't do. No. Oh, nobody wants more project managers, Dan. No, that's true. Like, that's, that's on the list. list. That automatically gets you minus 10 points <laughs> for a project manager. What, what I mean, is this shortage list? Uh, it's the list of jobs that get you an extra 10 or 20... Was it 10 points? 20, 20 points, points, isn't it? So this um, is their new system... Yeah, yeah, so if you're on the list, so uh, if you're a nurse, some care workers, some teachers in certain subjects, uh, some graphic plumbers, designers. graphic designers for some reason, um, interesting, uh, somebody who, uh, are some orchestra members, but only some, uh, only orchestras, not if you have any other kind of musical skill, it's just specifically orchestras, um, then you're on the list and that gives you an extra 20 points towards your um, your points-based Scheme or is it extra ten points? I can't remember. Hmm. Um, some amount of extra points to help compensate if you are short of points from your salary, for example. When so if you are un- if you are underpaid, then if it's an important job, but you still the the, un- the non-negotiable thing is you must have sufficient quality. It must be a job with sufficient qualifications, which I believe is a minimum of A level as the qualifications. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of jobs, even if they pay above the 25k threshold, if you don't need A levels or above to do the job, it you, you can't you wouldn't be able to come in. Uh, well, they're just going to list. They're going to have to list A levels on the job um, with a little caveat of additional experience, aren't well, they? Well, possibly. Um, I mean, obviously, if this ridiculous idea goes through, then people will just have to. They will inevitably find ways to game the system. I, I didn't realise that that jobs are. They have a code for different jobs. How do you mean? So, I am looking at the the list of shortage occupations. Okay. And then they they each have a code. So two one one three is physical scientists. 
2121 is civil engineers. 2136 is programmers and software development professionals. They're on the list. They're on the list of shortages. Yeah, all jobs in this occupation code, apparently. Uh, so where did you? Where's the list? How did you find it? Um, I found it using the internet. Yeah, it's fairly easily googled, I think. I will. I will copy Thanks, and I will paste it. That is helpful. There you are. Ah, cool. Thank you. Let's have a look. Because I didn't think special... I would be on the list. But... Well, you you are. Well, not necessarily. You're on the list. Tory um... Santa Claus has. Looked at the list and checked uh, it twice. And he's decided that professionals not classified elsewhere. IT business analysts, architects, and system designers. Cool. Okay, okay. so I would qualify then because I'm that fucking good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but then again, three, four, one, one artist. All jobs in this occupation code. It's a I like the one. I like uh, two, one, three, nine. Information technology and communication professionals not elsewhere classified. Only if you're a cybersecurity professional, then you're okay. Um, is cybersecurity yeah, so professional one of those things where you just have to write on your CV cybersecurity professional and you are a cybersecurity uh, professional? Well, no, not really. There's no not like, anymore. It's, it there are actually formal certifications in stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not just you did a weekend course on ethical hacking and now you know what you're doing. Um, Technical education teachers only in the subjects of maths, physics, and science. Where an, so, sorry, science brackets where an element of physics will be taught. Uh, computer science and Mandarin. This is this is some top tier coming stuff, isn't it? I think no. This predates him. Like the shortage list has been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you know this has been updated it's because been updated like recently. he's he's all about everyone learning Mandarin, um, and like thinks that STEM yeah. is the only thing that matters. And mm. you know, well, social workers are on there. Yeah, but some of these some of these are existing that haven't been taken off because they yeah. are legitimately in need of the people. I feel if he was updating this, then arts officers, producers, and directors would have been. Up. Well, no, I think he's just adding to it because mm. they're not going to take the stuff off where they legitimately need the people. But as I said, the problem with a bunch of these is that they won't necessarily qualify um, under other conditions. Yeah, true. So I like that the there's a, a special Scotland extra list. Which includes yes. um, Gaelic teachers, which is fair. Um, which is fair, but how many non-Scottish people are going to be are Gaelic? Going to be yeah, Gaelic yeah. teachers? The Irish, but the Irish don't count because they can come here and work anyway. And they um, does that apply to anyone? Or is it just not? Uh, no, any Irish citizen. Everyone. Oh, okay. In that case, yes, it's bizarre. Uh, I mean, the Irish passport has become the best passport in the world. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm really sad I can't get one. Yeah, same here. Do you think, ah, do you think there's a way of tricking them into thinking you're Irish? No, they're, they're not that strict. Like, my mum's um, half of the family has a couple of Irish people married in, and so like, all my cousins can get Irish passports. <laughs> I love, sorry, I just noticed in the social occupation list, it's got, like, the, the, the list of conditions. It's like, one, where this ruler, two, jobs up here, three, uh, four, deleted, five. <laughs> what was four? That's what I want to know. Mm. I think, um, I think the Irish should only be allowed to be as picky when they're giving out passports as they were when they were choosing their squad for the 1994 World Cup. <laughs> That is a truly old comment. <laughs> but I think it's it's valid, isn't it? I think that should be the challenge. I think if I ask for an Irish passport and they say no, I think if I 
if I'm able to show the same things as... Well, tell you what, are you um, as good at social work as... Who was it that they got to be Irish? I can't even remember who they nicked into the squad. No, it might be a very unfair comment. It's just a, a comment a comedian probably made. Mm. Phil Babb of Coventry City. Um, Steve Staunton. Okay, so are you as good at social work as Steve Staunton? Oh, I His have was found a beautiful website about um, the 1994 World Cup squad. God. I think it was made in 1994, and I think it's just been kept going. Some of the graphics are lovely. I've posted a link. Oh. Um. But then weirdly, it's got like... Weirdly, it has got like a little bar with Facebook and Twitter, but this must predate. All right. Who is the least Irish sounding in that list? Uh, surely Tony Cascarino. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Like all the rest are Cascarino. plausible. The John only other one, Sheridan. I'm not convinced. No, I, I, I would say Bab is um, Bab doesn't, uh, but but could be Irish. Like, there's no reason that it couldn't be Phil O'Bab. Yes, but just Phil Bab. Well, I mean, yeah, sure, but it doesn't. It doesn't sound not Irish. Like um, Tony Cascarino does. Mm. No, that is like, fair. Like Phil Babb doesn't immediately invoke a different country that you think, oh, that's the nationality there. Oh, of course, John Aldridge was in there. Yeah, he's not like. Do you remember the um, uh, Graham's crazy boss when he worked at the King's Head? Who? I... Not really. No. He looked like. Was it? Oh. Was it John Aldridge he looked like? He was very upset by, by being compared to John Aldridge. I don't know who Graham's boss is, was, and I have no concept but, of who John Aldridge his name is. Was Mark so it's Hughes. a difficult comparison for me to make. <laughs> and you don't remember the original incident? No. Right. Okay, so Tony Cascarino, he was born in Orpington. Yeah. <sighs> his parents, his mum's... Maiden name is O'Malley. Not very often. Theresa O'Malley. That does sound Irish, doesn't it? Mm. So that that checks out. Maybe maybe Legit. my maybe my comments unfair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Can we can we divert back away from niche nineties Irish football <laughs> references? <laughs> Although born in England, Bab qualified to play for the Republic of Ireland through the Granny Rule. <laughs> the granny rule is a is an HTML link. Ah, <laughs> uh, websites should all be like this. Wonderful. What from the nineties? This website is like a classic. It's like a. It's like my car. It's a classic. That's certainly a word for it. John John Charlton exploits the granny rule. You see, it sounds very wrong. It sounds very Rooney. Charlton's use of granny rule is vindicated. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Can we stop <laughs> the granny rule. Stop using it, please. It's just it's deeply unsettling. You're going to have to suggest some other things we could talk about, Adam. Would you like or to talk about the last non-Irish Irish soccer team? 
No. So nobody used the granny rule there. It was 1976. That was the last time every Irish Irish player was born in Ireland. Okay, okay. if you say so. I'm not going to argue you're not, with you're, you. Uh, I'd like to become a. I'd like to become an expert on the Irish 1994 World Cup squad. Off you go then. No one's stopping you, Chris. Well, I'll. Okay, right. This will be fun. I will do some research on um, <laughs> the. 1994 squad for Ireland, right? And then you can give me a quiz next time we podcast. And to raise the stakes, if I win the quiz, I get Irish citizenship. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds I mean, fair. I honestly would throw the quiz on your behalf if we had the power to grant that. Um, but uh, the unfortunately, the Podcasting Council of Great Britain has been... Uh, Taken over much like the BBC by um, conservatives, and they're um, they're not in favour of distinct citizenships. I mean, if any of you were potentially Irish, um, you'd you'd face losing your citizenship here and being deported to Ireland on the first available flight. This is unfortunately just the world we live in now. Yeah, I'd love to do something about it, but I just can't. This website was maintained and updated until about 2018, and then tragically, it just stopped mm. it's got it's got Ireland's World Cup 2018 qualifying Group D and then there's nothing newer than that on it maybe something terrible happened to the the webmaster maybe I imagine it was just one person well oh. I think we've con- conclusively run out of steam yeah and um, I'll let Adam to edit because he doesn't have a job well, and also I should have done last week's, but uh, or last the last one, but uh, Chris jumped in and did it for me, so it's only fair that I uh, I do this one. Or, uh, or as the Irish would say, "Oh, we've run out of steam." Chris, that was—that's one way to pretty much guarantee you won't be allowed a Irish passport. I can yeah. say, um, I uh, I've got a funny story about Ireland. Oh um, dear. We were in an uh, an Irish bar in Belgium. And one of the people I was with was talking about the barman, and it was they were saying what an intriguing um, Belgian accent they had, and they wondered which part of Belgium they might be from. Um, and the person came out to clear the table, and she asked uh, where in Belgium was he from, and he said Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Superb. Right, well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, we will hopefully be back next week, although Graham is a filthy foreign traitor and will yeah. not be in the country. Um, so he won't be joining us. So next week we'll find out if I win Irish citizenship. Yeah. By yeah. Doing, doing an important quiz. We will. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen, and I uh, will see you next week. Bye. Bye.